Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, and we are in show episode number five of the Fruits of the Spirit series. And I have to be honest, this show was inspired by Lisa Dietrich and her blog post called Are You Fruity? And I got such a kick out of those, and I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed reading these. And if you want to read them, too, you can go to Lisa Dietrich, L-I-S-A-D-E-T-R-E-S dot com. Uh, Lisa is a pastor's wife, a mother of four. She has four grand boy babies and a menagerie of cats. And I think you have a dog, Max, right now. Is that right? That is right. And actually, our menagerie of cats is just down to one that we that came with us when we moved to Oregon and another one that apparently came with the house we bought that we didn't know was there until after we moved in. So <laughs> we've kind of cut down the, the pet menagerie by quite a bit. Well, that was super fun. At one point, you had that little gaggle of kittens that were so darn cute. Um, And if I weren't highly allergic, I would have taken all of them. But I do absolutely love them. And one of the things that, you know, today's topic, our Fruits of the Spirit for today, is kindness. And, you know, kindness, there's books about kindness. People talk about a little sprinkle of kindness, just do one kind thing every day. Mm. Kindness is really powerful. And one of the things, Lisa, that I have found in my life is I get more done with kindness than I do with force. And force takes so much effort. And kindness is very, very disarming to people. And a lot of people don't know how to handle kindness today, because it's really not part of our daily, um, you know, it's part of our daily lifestyle for me, but for the rest of the world, it really isn't. And a lot of times people mistake my kindness for weakness. And I did for a while, you know, I really felt for a while that because I was so kind to people, my gosh, are people going to think I'm weak? Am I really being weak? Am I just deluding myself? And, and, you know, but then I found that, you know, kindness goes a lot longer than other options. Indeed, it does. And interestingly enough, kindness is one of those, it is a fruit of the spirit. And yet it's one of those fruits that we see in people everywhere. Um, You know, there's that whole thing about doing random acts of kindness, which is really a lot easier to do, you know, to be kind to a total stranger than it is to be kind to somebody who's bullying you. Um, like we talked about in the last episode. Um, and yeah, so we do see it around and it, it's one of those words that most people understand. It's being nice. Um, and it is not a weakness. Sometimes it takes a lot more strength to be kind than it is to be mean. Um, but what I found in my life, um, there's two people that I always wanted to keep happy. Uh, one was my babysitters, which was really difficult. 
not because of me, but because of my kids. God love them. Um, and the other one are my IT people. <laughs> um, I, I really wanted to keep my IT guys happy. I would take them cookies at, at the job I worked at. And turns out, you know, not everybody else at my company was kind to them. I mean, I heard them, you know, calling them up and cussing them out. I need this and I need it now. And I'll tell you, um, I just was very nice to them and kind. And I got what I needed when I needed it. Um, so it is not a form of weakness. I, I believe it's a strength. Like I said, especially being kind to people that you do know. Right, right. It's easy to be kind to a stranger. You can open up a door. You can help them with a, you know, pick something off a top shelf or, or say something nice to them. That's easy. That's a piece of cake. It's it's the people who challenge us. It's the people who get in our face. It's the people who who frustrate us. And I got to tell you, one of the most thankless positions that I'm in as a company owner, <laughs> I'm just going to say this, is in my role of IT support or information technology or tech support. It's such a thankless job because and i'm just going to say this for everyone out there who wants to yell at their it people despite what is going on many times lisa and you know this because you know you worked in in support as well you're asking me to fix a problem that never existed before in human history and it happens today and you want it fixed now on a computer that has any number of random programs on it has any number of operating systems and i'm supposed to be understanding in every operating system every server that's out there every software program which is akin to uh being fluent in i don't know 400 different languages and you want me to fix it now and you want me to fix it and then when I don't get back to you, you want to yell at me for not communicating with you. But if I communicate with you, it means that I'm not doing my job and I get disrupted in my job and fixing this problem to communicate with you so you can yell at me and tell me how frustrated you are, which makes it harder for me to concentrate. So I just wanted to give everybody that I like a kind of the back end view of what it's like to run a technology company. And even though currently right now we're experiencing technical difficulty with our TogiNet uh, site, my heart goes out to everybody involved in this because it's a massive undertaking when you expect us to fix things. I'm just going to say that for what it is, whether it's your iPhone, your computer, your Netflix, you know, your whatever. It's 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 tough. It is. And that's why we need to be kind to our IT people, <laughs> especially. Um, you know, and one of the things about kindness, like I said, it's, it's an easy word to understand. Most people know what it looks like. And, um, it's part of what makes us human. Um, we can be kind to each other. It's a choice we can make, um, that not everything is, it's kind of what bonds us as people and makes us human. Um, it's something we do intentionally. Um, you know, we, we can choose to be kind or we can choose to just be indifferent or mean. Um, so, um, and, and what I like to do is kind of give some ideas, just little tips on how we can show kindness and just sprinkle the love around wherever we are. Um, and, and one of them is just by smiling at people, you know, especially in big cities. When you smile at someone, they think you're crazy. Um, I, I live in a smaller town where we still wave at each other as we drive by, and I love that. Um, but, you know, you just give somebody a smile, and that may be the only smile they get in a day. And it may be disarming. It might actually, you know, lift them up a little bit. But that's an act of kindness that's free and easy and, you know, make eye contact, smile, and just keep going. 
doesn't hurt anything. Hopefully they won't follow you home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. They won't follow you home and be like, oh, I'm your best friend. Um, <laughs> you know, we laugh about these things, but, you know, even um, kindness is about us. And this is the one thing that I really want to be clear about, because, you know, when you teach your kids the fruits of the spirit, this is why I love this series. And I loved at least the your Are You Fruity blog series, because, um when you have to teach your kids something or your dad or your boyfriend, um, you better know what you're talking about. And it's really hard because these fruits of the spirit are kind of like big principles in Christian life. But we don't really sit down and talk about, hey, what does kindness look like? What does kindness mean? What does kindness mean to be to each other? And I'll tell you, with a teenager in the house and a preteen, kindness <laughs> It's kind of, <laughs> kind of tough in our house right now. Yeah, that's a challenge. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things I realized as I was writing this series is that one kind of rolls off of the next one. Um, you know, and I think this list is very intentional in the order. Love. We start out with the love of God. And then that love brings joy that bubbles up from the inside um, and brings us peace because then we're... Um, you know, when we understand who we are and who God made us to be, we have peace. And then um, that gives us the strength to to be patient. And then comes kindness. And you think about it, um, once you learn to be patient with others, then we can be a little more kind in how we treat them and, and putting up with them. Well, and I think the secret to kindness is to really think about where you fit. Like, I'm going to share something that was over our breakfast table this morning. Uh, one of them, they're eating their cereal, and one says, shut up, pig. And the other one says, shut up, pig with man boobs. Shut up, shrimp chip. And they go back and forth. And I know this is part of boys being boys. And I could get really upset over this. Now, if they go to profanity and they really get mean, it's not their usual bickering, you know, I'll step in. But I try to approach all this with kindness to a point. And then I just tell them to shut up. Like, there's, there's really, like, two speeds as a mother because there are times when kids just need to shut their yap and I think you know the kindest thing I can do for them is to put a halt to that I mean you know kindness comes in many forms indeed it does and, and like we said last time just because it comes in your head doesn't mean it has to fall out of your mouth right That's, it seems to be and I, I don't mean to be gender uh, sexist here but it seems to be harder for boys at that certain age where, you know, the, the minded body are not one and, and it just comes out. Well, and the one thing I see with the boys and the girls, because I have two boys, but we have a lot of girls over at the house because of my friends. And I see the girls having a little more impulse control and the boys not so much. And I also think there's something in boys and girls where the boys really are intent on helping. Like Zachary told this one girl who was at her house getting ready for um, the concert. And he's like, wow, he's like, your hair looks really bad. <laughs> And he was being honest. I mean, he truly did. She needed to comb the back of her hair. But he could have gone about it in a different way. And I said to him, you know, there are kinder ways of saying this. And he goes, Mom, I just wanted to protect her. I didn't want her walking on stage, turning around, and everybody see she didn't comb the back of her hair. And it did. It was like all mashed up like, you know, bed hair on, a, on an elementary school age kid. You know, it was really funny. But, you know, kindness, you know, is perceived differently, I think, by different people. And that's really important. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little 
little bit more about kindness and how we can show kindness to those around us and particularly those in our close family, to those in our close friendships, in our working relationships, and how we can get things done in a kind way. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about those things with Lisa Dietrich. You can check her out at lisadietrich.com. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love. Got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from joyce.com offer wonderfully wild and wacky summer foods. From chicken fried bacon in Texas to Minnesota spaghetti and meatballs on a stick. There is something about dining at the fair that can make anyone an opsomaniac or a person who is driven to the point of madness by food. State fairs are famous for their loverwort or food with no nutritional value. The California State Fair boasts fried Krispy Kreme chicken sandwiches. That's fried chicken and Swiss cheese tucked into a Krispy Kreme donut served with a side of honey sauce. At the Iowa State Fair, you can enjoy a hot beef sundae. That's a big scoop of mashed potatoes over roast beef, covered with gravy, sprinkled with cheddar cheese, and garnished with a cherry tomato to look like a sundae. What's another word for messy food? Ma Wella. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich, and this is our fifth show, or is it our sixth show? I can't remember, uh, in the Fruits of the Spirit series, and we're talking about kindness today, and I think it's really important that we kind of dig into kindness and we have a conversation. Lisa has four children grown and four grandchildren, little boys, and she is somebody who is very, very influential in my household because my mom has passed on, and she has stepped up in the role of kind of 
of like godmother provider for some of this stuff. One of the smartest women I've ever met uh, with respect to what the Bible teaches us. And she can actually explain it to me in a way I can understand and start implementing. Now, we're talking about kindness today. And she has written some blogs on her website, lisadietrich.com, which spawned this whole series, Are You Fruity? And we're talking today about kindness. And now, Lisa, what does the Bible say about kindness? Um, well, the the ultimate act of kindness was shown to us by when Jesus came to earth and lived this life of uh, a man under the yoke of the Roman Empire, a Jewish man, and um, he, he went and died for us. He, he gave his life up for us. So that's the ultimate act of kindness that I can see um, in the Bible. It has a lot to say about, um, you know, being kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be kind. And, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. One of the ways I, I mentioned earlier was just by smiling at people, making eye contact. Um, another one is by being generous um, I do not loan out money. I, well, we, we don't have a lot of it anyway, and people don't usually ask for it, but um, I will happily give somebody, if they need money, I'll give it to them. And I don't expect them to pay it back. If they do, that's great. If they don't, then there's no debt there. And it, it frees up both of us to continue our relationship. Um, one of the things I used to do when I was working in the corporate world was I would keep a cup of noodles in my desk. I don't personally like them, but when somebody around me was hungry, I just reach in my desk, hand them one and go about my day. And they were so grateful for that because I was being generous. I mean, cup of noodles are cheap, but it, it gave them something they needed at the time. And I noticed a lot of times, especially right around payday, um, there were hungry people around me and we didn't get, we didn't make a lot of money at this job. And, you know, it just blessed them in a way that didn't really cost me much, but it did fill a need. So there's a lot of easy ways that we can be generous without, uh, you know, rolling over and, and turning over our bank accounts to people we don't know. Right, right, absolutely. And I love that, you know, and being generous doesn't always have to mean giving away your money or giving away your things. You know, you can be generous with compliments, you can be generous with hugs, you can be generous with your time, you can be generous with your support. But I think they all kind of go hand in hand. Because one of the things I noticed, like at my elementary school and high school and, and middle school is it's always the same big hearts volunteering. It's the same group of people from the time I was, you know, my first kid was in kindergarten. It's the same moms and the same dads that show up again and again. And it's funny because they all complain about why these parents don't help, why these parents don't get involved. And Lisa, I always say the same thing. It's because they don't know what they're missing. You know, when you come from a generous heart, you get paid back in, in so much. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, in, in any organization I've seen, you have about 10 or 5% of the people doing 90, 95% of the work. And it, it does get a little frustrating. And yet you're right. They, you know, the ones who aren't stepping up are not growing. They're not learning. They're missing out. And, um, you know, giving of your time is a huge thing. Um, it, it really is more important than money uh, because you're actually giving of yourself. So, you know, being generous is a great way to show kindness 
Um, another one is through our words. And, you know, I, I love that Toby Mac song, Speak Life. Um, you know, we can speak life into other people just by being, giving compliments. Like you said, it doesn't take anything to, to tell somebody they look great or, you know, compliment them on something, uh, compliment them on, you know, what they're doing or, you know, it's an easy thing to do. Um, we need to be sincere about it, but there's always, you know, looking for the good. When you're looking for the good, you're going to find it and you're going to be able to compliment people. And again, that's a cheap and easy way to be kind. And again, well, it's it back to thinking about what we're going to say to somebody and maybe using different words so that there's kindness in it instead of a put down. Well, and, you know, the thing is, it also becomes a habit. You know, when I was, oh, my gosh, Lisa, this is going back like 15 years. You know, when I worked at CBS, I went to this Franklin Covey week-long seminar in in uh, Salt Lake City. You think, oh, my God, how could you take a whole week in planning and day planning? And, oh, my gosh. But one of the things that they had us do during the seminar was to write down, we had to carry this post-it around or a little piece of paper, and we had to put a check mark it on it every time we said something negative to somebody now negative can't mean you know correcting somebody if i i was at work and i say to somebody you know lisa i need you to do the report this way you know in the future i'm not this way because of x y and z that's not being negative i was to handle it in a very positive uplifting manner and the first week lisa that i did this exercise back in my office i was horrified like my little post-it pad one of those little three by three yellow squares was filled up by lunchtime and (laughs) I had no idea how how negative I was and I was in a negative relationship, a negative marriage and you know negative can be pervasive and catching and I realized like oh my gosh and then the next week you know what they had us do we had to put a check mark every time we had a negative thought Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, because there were times where I'd sit in meetings and smile going, you're a friggin' idiot, you know, in my head. (laughs) And, you know, but it was a really good inventory. And I really, you know, anyone listening today who really wants to have more joy and patience and peace and really live in the fruits of the spirit and have a, a much better life can really benefit from that exercise because it's this little reminder that you know the negativeness in our mouth the negativeness in our head also makes negativeness in our heart and spirit and really negative doesn't get us a whole lot when you come when it comes down to it when you talk about speaking life you know for the while i was like god what is speaking life into someone i I, again those were some of those churchy phrases that that just escaped me um because i get speaking love i could speak love but then speak life and then i'm like oh speak life so you want me to say things that uplift people and make them want to feel life's worth living or something like that i i kind of had to think about this um but when you speak life, you're not being negative. And you can go about your day and actually be very effective and very successful in your business and your personal life if you carry that little post and start recording how many times you're negative. Because once I became aware of it, Lisa, I could, I stopped it. That's excellent. And honestly, uh, you know, that, that gets back to biblical concepts because it says in the Bible that, um, you know, what comes out of your mouth bubbles up from the heart. I'm paraphrasing in a big way, but 
you know, these things come out of the heart. They come out of our thought process. And if we want to really get a handle on how we're interacting with people, it's not just what's going on in our mouths or what's coming out of our mouths, but we really need to take a look at our hearts and our thought processes. And uh, that putting a check mark down for every negative thought is a great exercise in, in really training us on how we need to be thinking and being more positive in our thoughts. Well, and it makes a big difference because, you know, our kids learn from us. And, you know, this is Motherhood Talk Radio. And, you know, when when we talked about, like in the last episode, we talked about the mean girls. And, and um, I don't remember what our topic was, Lisa. Do you remember last week's show? Patience. Patience. Oh, and like, you know, I didn't have patience for the mean girls. And then when I went to the mean moms and found out that they were just as mean as the mean girls, I thought, can you imagine um, uh, what would happen if they did that little checkmark episode? You know, they would have they would have filled it up just while we were standing there in the school hallway. And um, what a difference their little girls could be. And having joy in their life, because we talked about one of the fruits of the spirit early on. And you're right. These are all intertwined. Um, You can't have kindness, goodness, joy, and then not have patience. Like one seems to negate all the others or one of them. Like if you negate one of them, kind of they all fall down like, you know, kind of like, you know, a brick wall. They all have to support each other. And, um, you know, so it's interesting to me to go, if you take the negative spin out of your life, can you function in the fruits of the spirit specifically under kindness much more easily? Absolutely. And, and you know, they kind of build on each other. So if you start with a foundation of love, um, a lot of that negativity isn't going to be there because you're you're looking at things through uh, the eyes of love. And, um, you know, so we get to kindness and um, speaking life, being generous, smiling, that all flows from love, right? Well, and the other thing, and we're going to go to break, you know, really soon. One of the things that, that, and I will say this is my nanny, Anna, who helped me as a single mom raising these kids. I call her the segundo madre, the second mother. (laughs) She was really tough on my kids with please and thank you. And she would teach them as babies to wave. And I'm like, why do you teach them to wave? And she goes, oh, Sandra, she says, the children that I've raised, and she's been doing childcare for 30 years. She says, when I teach them as babies to smile and wave to people, she goes, the world is better for them and the world is nicer to them the world is kinder to them and they grow up to be better people and i thought wow you know that like totally rocked my world because there really is something to be said and when you say smile like and say hello uh to people that's very similar to what she thought taught or sorry what taught my kids in the stroller now i need to take us to commercial break this is motherhood talk radio i'm sandra beck and i'm here with lisa dietrich you can check out her fruits of the spirit uh lisa dietrich.com that's l-i-s-a-d-e-t-r-e-s.com if you liked what you heard today check out our other uh, fruits of the spirit series on toginet.com as well as itunes and some other different syndicated networks you can just look for motherhood talk radio we'll be back again after the break Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds, try and keep your head up to the sky. 
Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To be successful at anything, you need to be committed. Being committed to losing weight and exercising daily works the same way. According to a survey conducted by USA Today, the majority of Americans do not exercise on a regular basis. They found that only 5% of respondents reported vigorous physical activities, including using cardiovascular exercise equipment and running. It has also been reported that 50% of all people who begin a training program drop out within a year. Dedication and commitment is what is needed. The key to reaching and maintaining physical fitness is to find activities that are exciting, challenging, and satisfying. Become committed and dedicated to exercising daily and see your life and health change in a favorable direction. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is our Fruits of the Spirit. We're talking today about kindness and kind of what kindness looks like and, and, you know, where we can, you know, put kindness. And Lisa, I think it's so easy to be kind to strangers, but it's not easy to be kind to those around us when history has built up, especially people who have hurt us. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, where God comes into that equation um because i struggle with that well you know god did not intend for people to hurt each other um that's something that people do on their own so you know when something bad happens to you uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's something that we can stand there and go oh that's god's will well 
God didn't set the world up like, I mean, he didn't set up the world to be like this. However, he did give us the choice, the free will to decide for ourselves whether we were going to choose to love, uh, to be kind. And that's still a choice that we get to make today. And that's why we're here. We're talking about ways that we can show kindness and be kind to one another. Why do you think it's so hard for people today, um, Lisa, do you think it's because, you know, technology has made it um, such a challenge with, uh, you know, we don't have to say please and thank you. Like most of the time when we text, I even get like T-Y, you know, like I don't even get the full thank you. And, <laughs> you know, there's something to be said about a proper thank you or a real please, you know, <sighs> Those little social niceties that we took for granted, I mean, they were drilled in my head as a kid. I'm sure they were drilled in yours, too. Um, but those are things that I don't see a lot, especially in my kids' peer groups. And I honestly believe it's because um, we, we live in a very selfish culture um, where it's all about me. And when it's all about me, you don't matter. So you don't deserve a full thank you. I'm, I'm more important than that. And um, what we're doing is trying to go against what our culture is teaching and say, you know what, um, we do need to keep others in mind. It is not all about me. And when my little universe collides with your little universe, we have all kinds of problems. And that's what we're seeing today. So, yeah, we want to train our kids to look at others and, and not be so self-centered. And that's a tough, tough thing to do as a parent. It's very tough, especially, you know, you know, I was thinking about like what Anna, when she would teach my kids to smile and wave and, you know, and, and, you know, interact with people, she thought that was more important and not that they weren't clean and dressed, but she was less concerned about whether their clothes matched or their hair was combed perfectly. She was more concerned about how did these children interact with other adults or other children and you know I think about some of these kids today and I I volunteer a lot at the school and I like to do the water bar at the dances I love to fill the cups with water for all the kids and you know really allow them to stand around me and talk at will because you know there were these two little girls recently at the dance and you know one little girl said to the other little girl and these girls are in like seventh eighth grade and she said oh she goes you don't you don't look at boys and make eye contact. She's like, you walk like with your head in the air and you let them see your, your makeup and your hair and all these things and how good you look. And she's like, you just walk around so they can look at you. And I thought that is so television. That is so wrong. And there's no interaction. Like when you talk about smiling, you know, you smile and make eye contact. Right. And, um, Yeah, um, you know, people are, are very much um, into their own lives and don't really look at others. One of the other things, though, that I think a lot of parents have taught their kids um, is that whole stranger danger thing that, you know, oh, don't talk to strangers, don't smile, don't wave, don't, you know, and it kind of translated over to, you know, don't even look at people, don't give them the time of day because you don't know them, which... You know, in, in, in some respect, yeah, we need to teach our kids to be aware of, you know, people and aware of their surroundings. But smiling and waving at somebody, 
you're not inviting a predator in. You're just being nice to people. And as parents, we need to be watching our kids. And, and you know, um, we, we hear so horrible stories all the time that no matter how good of a parent you are, stuff happens. But that shouldn't keep you from teaching your children to be social and, and to be kind to other people. Maybe well, they take protectiveness too far. I think, well, here's the thing. Like, they teach them all these things, but here's my thing, and I'm just going to say this because I'm going to be the most hated woman in Acton. The same 20 parents that volunteer are the same parents that are at the baseball games, that are at the volleyball games, that are at the soccer games. You know, they're involved parents. And, yes, you're right. Anything can happen. You know, nothing in life is perfect or secure or whatever. So, yes, we don't want our children to go down skid row and talk to women about, you know, use needles and be super friendly with them. We might want to, I don't know, be there with them, you know, and parents, when they're not with their children, um, it's, you know, I think it's, it's very different. If you're involved with your kid and you're, you're at their dances or you're, you're picking them up or you're driving them and their friends around, you have a really good idea who your kid is. And these are the kids less apt to get in trouble. You know, one of the kids in my neighborhood, I noticed she was texting a lot and I'm like, who are you texting? And, you know, she's like, Oh, uh, you know, just a friend or whatever. And I, I don't know, Lisa, something made me just pick up the phone out of her hand because that's what I do. And I'm like, who's this guy? And then I'm like, how old is this guy? Well, it turned out she was 13 texting, you know, a 20 year old on a military base pretending that she was somebody else. And she was about to meet him at our local McDonald's. And I'm like, where I think I told you the story. Where is your mother? Like, who is watching you? And then when I confronted the mother, she's like, well, you know, kids will be kids. no. No, kids will not be kids if you're on the hunt, if you're watching them. I mean, you can't protect your kids from everything, but the likelihood of them getting seriously in trouble if you're around is certainly greatly minimized. Well, yeah, kids will be kids. That's why parents need to be parents. And right. we're, kind of, we're kind of getting off track a little bit here because we could go off on that parenting thing a lot. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, but I, want, I was going to wrap it back to some of my parent friends are – they're so good at being kind to their kids. They're also not parenting. And that's why I really want to define what kindness is because kindness doesn't mean letting your kid walk all over you or kindness doesn't mean giving your kid everything. So they're never upset. Heavens no. And really I, I learned more about kindness by working in the customer service industry for about seven, eight years. I don't even know how long it was, but I learned so much about being kind and nice to people. I didn't even know what happened was that that persona that I needed to have to talk to people in my workplace and, and my customers came home with me. And I realized I was being a lot kinder to my family. I was saying please and thank you a lot more and really thinking about how I talk to them. And like we said at the beginning of this show, it's far easier to be kind to complete strangers than it is to people that we know and love. And it, it became a habit and we can make kindness a habit. We've talked about, you know, just smiling at people and being generous, speaking into their life, speaking life. Um, another one is by showing gratitude. Like you said, um, Anna taught your kids to say please and thank you. Um, there's so many times that we can be thankful and, and really show gratitude to people for the things they do and the things they give us. Um, and on the other hand, I can't tell you how many times that I 
give gifts or do things for people and I never get a thank you. I don't even know if it was received. I don't know if they liked it. I don't know if it was, you know, um, I have no idea. And that's because they don't show gratitude. They don't thank me. They don't come back. Not that I'm looking for that, but the feedback is nice. You know, if it was something that they had to return, I'd like to know it so I don't make that mistake again. Well, yeah. I mean, because, you know, when you give a gift, you don't give it for the results. You give it because you want the person to be happy and you don't know if you hit the mark or not. And, um, yeah, it's amazing that you can give gifts and not hear back. Or my favorite thing is when I have a party and I invite people over, there's only like the same two or three moms that'll say, oh, thank you. Thanks Mm -hmm. for having us. Yeah. You know, it's a big deal for me to clean my house and bring your family over here and provide all this food. And, you know, I don't do it for the thank you, but it sure is nice. And those little kindnesses are free. It doesn't cost anything to say please. It doesn't cost anything to say thank you. And I'll tell you the other thing that I like to do, Lisa, which embarrasses the crap out of my kids. I like to use people's names. So if it's a flight attendant, if it's a cashier, if it's a stock boy, if it's a a waiter in the restaurant, I will always either read their name tag and I'll say, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Eric. It's no big deal, but it lets that person know that I see them as a human being and not a machine doing what I need them to do for me. Absolutely. And they say the sweetest sound in a person's ears is hearing their own name. Um, That's a great piece of advice. Be thankful and say thanks to the person. Use their name. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's so simple. You know, and that's the thing. When we talk about kindness, there's really no money involved. Like, where is money in kindness? It's not there. Um, and in gratitude, you know, we can take it one step further. And when we're grateful for something somebody does for us, we can replicate that with the next person, pay it forward, um, you know, um, multiply the kindness. That's where, you know, that that starts making our little part of the world a better place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I need to take us to commercial break. We're visiting today with Lisa Dietrich, and we are talking about the Fruits of the Spirit. We have a bunch of other shows in this series. You can go to toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. You can go to iTunes. Look up uh, Motherhood Talk Radio. You'll see the Fruits of the Spirit. They're called the Fruits of the Spirit series, and each one of these shows has a fruit of the spirit that we've talked to with respect to our kids. So moms and dads listening, you can talk to your kids about this and really instill these values in the next generation. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about kindness and how to institute it in our households. And given the amount of boys in my household, that's going to be good luck to you. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful, no matter what they say. Words can bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, heard about Mel and Joy Schwanke, a Nebraska couple that have worn matching outfits for the last 35 years? 
Apparently, they have over 140 matching outfits, all custom made, which typically match her dress with his tie. The couple is a match made in heaven. Neither one of them can remember the exact date they started this quirky tradition, but they both contend it's one of the elements that have held their marriage together an impressive 65 years. What do you call a marriage between well-matched people? No magamosis. Mr. and Mrs. Schwanky say that Velcro connects them because they do everything together. If you like doting on your wife with excessive fondness, you would be uxorious. And a woman who is excessively devoted to her husband is Maritorious. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward. With tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned, these pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Lisa Dietrich on Motherhood Talk Radio, and we are talking about kindness today. You could be kind and not point out that I couldn't remember what show I was on. I've been up all night. That would be helpful. Uh, Lisa, why is it so easy for us to be kind to people we like and kind to people we don't know, but sometimes kindness escapes us in the family dynamic? Well, for that exact reason, because we know we don't know them and they don't know us, so we can be kind of anonymous with our kindness. Whereas in our families, they know us. They know us very well, better than we want them to at times, and we know them as well. So it's it takes a little more work in families and in, in groups where we know each other very well. Well, and there's a history that's built up and resentments and, and you know, this is where, like, I want to bring in God. Like, how do we work God into this equation to help us find more kindness in our life when we don't feel particularly kind? Well, prayer is the first way. Um, you know, we can talk to God about it. We can tell him how we feel about these people and... Ask him to help us be kinder. Ask him to help us choose the right words and and to speak life into their lives and to maybe give us a little glimpse of understanding um, as to where they're coming from, so that we can be kind in a way that, that that will that they will understand and that will touch their hearts. 
Oh, how about just praying to God to take some of this anger from our hearts? I think, you know, as moms, like, like motherhood is great. Don't get me wrong, but it can be a really thankless job. And, you know, it doesn't do me any good to blow smoke to all the mothers out there, you know, saying how wonderful motherhood is. If you're feeling wonderful about motherhood, great. That's cool. But for most of us, especially when we have smaller children that are in that, I need, I need, I need, or they're in that teenage years of like, I need you, but I don't like you. (laughs) You know, kindness is really hard to muster up some days. Indeed it is. And, you know, that's, that's the part where we're all growing, we're all learning and there's going to be times when we blow it. And I think, you know, at those times we really need to, again, be a good example to our kids and go to them and ask them to forgive us. You know, I'm sorry I blew up at you, and and will you please forgive me? Because we know that's not the right way to behave, even as parents, as adults, and and that's huge. And and it's it's very uh, scary as a parent to ask our children for forgiveness, and yet in in doing so, it helps our children to understand that we're not perfect either. And that we all are in need of forgiveness. And it, it, it brings a, an element of humility into our lives and teaches our children that humility that we can go to them, they can go to others, and we all need to go to God and ask for forgiveness on a daily basis. Oh. So... Should we have some go-to kind phrases? Like, you know, I was thinking about what you said about working in customer service. And I used to train customer service, and I never thought about applying it to my own household. (laughs) You know, there are certain ways you say no to clients. There are certain ways you tell people that, you know, things aren't what they uh, expected. Yes, and that's the hardest thing to do. Um, What works always works is to rather than telling them what they can't have or saying no um tell them what you can do you know uh yeah you may you may need to say no but this is what we can do uh no you're not going to that particular movie but how about we go see this one instead and they may or may not accept that alternative but as a parent at some point we need to be the ones in charge and we need to be more concerned about the well-being of our children rather than them seeing us as friends. And I think that's a lot of problem with a lot of parents. They want to be the buddy. They want to be the friend. They want to be the good guy. Um, whereas we, we need to be mean moms at times and not mean that like we're tearing down our children, but mean in saying no, because we know what's best for our kids. And we also need to understand that God can say no to us as well when we ask him for things. So we need to be, um, you know, careful in our prayers that we ask for what he wants for us and not just demand what we think we need. You know, and I think that's so important. And you know what I think is important, too? And this is I used to notice this in my mom, you know, God rest her soul. But she could be ripping into us kids about something and then pick up the phone and go, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's seen their mom or dad do that. You know, somebody comes around the corner in the grocery store. You want to rip your kids heads off. And then you're like, oh, hi, Marjorie. How you doing? Um, It shows we can do it. Truly. Um, We can be kinder in our days. We can be kinder in the way we speak to people. Um, 
And I think this gets back to, you know, when we talked about the other fruits of the spirit, we've got self-control. Like in order to be kind, you have to be self-control because it is easier to just rip on somebody. It is easier just to yell back at your kids. You know, and sometimes I do that, especially if I'm tired, you know, or my defenses are down or I've had a tough day and I, I try not to. Um, but, uh, you know, we just... Uh, we just do what we do and, you know, that's where forgiveness comes in. Forgiveness, you know, we talk about this intertwining of the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Kindness and forgiveness have to go hand in hand. They do. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier for me now that my kids are grown to say, oh, yeah, we need to be nice to each other every day. And I, I remember days, weeks, months where I wasn't on my game and, um, I wasn't showing my kids the kindness and love and gentleness and all of these things that I needed to be showing them. And again, you're right. That's where forgiveness comes in. And that's where we can learn from that. And uh, absolutely, we're in control of it because we learned this in customer service. You know, I saw many, many of my employees and, you know, they'd be real nice on the phone and then mute the phone. And, and you know, I would come just a, the mouthful of a, a curse words at the person. So, if we can exercise that kind of control where our job depends on it, then we need to exercise that kind of control where our families depend on it because this is a much, much more important job than talking to somebody on the phone. Right. Well, and, you know, when we talk about, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, one of the things my dad pointed out, this is the great thing about having your dad live with you as a grown woman and parenting children on your own, is there's always like the peanut gallery. And I remember being in the car with my dad one day and I said, oh, Dad, I don't know why Max argues with me so much. I don't know why Zach argues with me so much. And he looked at me and he said, the father argues you argue and he said if you stop arguing they'll stop arguing uh-huh and i, I was like oh you know <laughs> i'm just oh you know you're still my dad um and i love you for it but you know he was right and as much as it kind of you know pricked a hole in my ego and i felt really embarrassed I really wasn't aware of how much I contributed to the things going on in my household and, you know, kind of what the kids had learned from me or learned from their dad. And, you know, you can't control what kids learn from other influences, but boy, you sure as hell can control yourself. And once he pointed out to me the arguing, um, it really was like a light going on. It was like those check marks on negativity, you know, that we talked about and I don't know, it was this episode of the other one, but you know, those are, we have to be aware of our own behavior and kindness trickles down in families. I very rarely has ever been in a a family where only one person is kind. They're either kindness and kindness is a way of life or they're just not. Absolutely. And here's the thing about, um, kindness. Um, Oh, where was I going for with this? Um, it's very true. It's either all or none in families. And we as women have the most power in setting the tone in our homes. That is where we hold the power. And when you think about um, empowerment as women, we have not just control over the, the tone of our homes out of our own hearts, but the next generation, those children we're raising they're going to act like us. They're going to be like us. They're going to argue or not argue, depending on what we do. And if we take a step back as mothers and say, 
I am, this is where my power lies in it is in this household. I can create an environment that's um, a sanctuary, a peaceful, kind, loving, generous, gracious, patient household. It all comes from us, though, and that's a huge burden to carry, but God is good, and he wants us to be like that. He wants us to be kind. He wants us to be loving and joyful, and um, and he will give us the tools we need. He will help us get there. We just need to rely on him and look to him and ask him for those fruits to bubble up in us so that we can sprinkle them all over our homes and our families and our friends and our communities. Well, and you know, Lisa, the only things that most people remember from their childhood are the mean things that happened, you know, or the nasty things that happened or the angry thing that happened. So the more we can minimize these things in our household, the better off our kids are going to grow up, the better off we're going to feel. And when you're frustrated, when you're in those moods that really push you to the edge of following the fruits of the spirit, that's when you got to give it over to God. That's worked for me, Lisa. You taught me how to do that you just turn it over it's it's not rocket science you don't need a, a a shovel you don't need a computer you just say god i need you to handle this right now i i need you i need you to help me with this and guess what it happens you're never alone and for those of you that loved this episode please check us out on itunes motherhood talk radio please check us out on motherhoodtalkradio.com you can also go to our host station toginet that's t-o-g-i-n-e-t.com and find out this episode you can download it listen to your friends make your kids listen to it they'll get a kick out of it too uh we'll be back again next week with another episode from lisa dietrich on the fruits of the spirit you can check her out at lisadietrich.com have a wonderful blessed week and lisa we knocked it out of the park thank you sandra Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood Talk 